Ron and Anian. Sometimes knowing too much hurts you because I knew too much through the game. Doctor, just don't overthink it. I, I was reminded of that once again this week. Never overthink the problem, but always look for something basic. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor here, 855-560-9900. The same phone number we've been using. Well, gee, coming up on five years now in this uh, in this revelation of independence indication, 855-560-9900. You know, it's been so long, I don't remember my old phone number. 855-560-9900. We'll stay with that one. I'll try to remember that. We uh, want to kick off today's show. We want to do a little quick dedication to the thin blue line, to our uh, officers in blue. As um, they um, they were um, they there were six officers shot last night. Uh, one was a fatality, and um, we want to encourage everyone to remember that they are there to help you. Um, that they are there. They are the last line of defense. And you know there are good things that happen. There are bad things that happen. But um, taking it out on the cops like that's no way to uh, no way to be. So uh, we want to let you know that um, let's everybody take a breath. It's going to be a wild weekend with the eclipse on Monday. That um, we hope you're here because um, you know little little peace and contentment and let's all chill out a little bit and um, let's talk about cars because cars just seem to be non-confrontational unless you're driving a Volkswagen. Anyway, uh, Ron and I, I just had to throw that in. It made it made Tom, Tony, and Matt smile. So uh, at least I got a chuckle out of them. Um, I, I want to talk to you because my mind is kind of you know beyond the the the, the, the issues with the cops and, and and Charlottesville and everything else. We're all getting a little insane. And I can prove it, and I can show you from an auto repair shop perspective just what the heck is going on. True story. Um, woman calls the shop yesterday. Is my Hyundai ready? And I, I look around, and I'm thinking, do you don't have any Hyundais here today? And sometimes that happens. You know, you just, is my Hyundai done? You know, I brought it in for the oil change, and I said, uh, no, ma'am, there's no Hyundai here. What do you mean there's no Hyundai there? I handed the keys right to you. This is Ralph, isn't it? Uh, no, ma'am, this is Ron. Well, Ralph, Ron, she said, you know, isn't same thing. She says, what's the difference? I go, well, she says, no, no, no. She goes, what's the name of that? I said, R.A. Automotive. She says, no, I, I was in last night. I handed you the keys. And I'm looking around like, you know, I'm looking at Danny and we're looking at Carpenter Bob was over in the corner tinkering. And I'm thinking like, wow. She's like, well, if you don't have my car, who does? I don't know, lady. You didn't drop it off here. Okay, I'll find it at another shop. Click, hangs up. And I said to myself, you know, are, are we all just, insane you know it's it's i mean we're beyond a full moon shop so this is beyond a full moon radio show today this has got to be you know more along the lines of a solar eclipse the world's going to end it's going to tilt off its axis and we're all going to go and it was like that fixing the cars 2015 ford expedition came in needed brakes standard thing pads and rotors all the way around um customer wanted to pay the freight and i encouraged them to do so we put motorcraft parts on it all the way around so we took the first rotor out of the box, 
Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Nice motorcraft piece, sealed box. And it was great, except it only had five lugs, which isn't bad if I had a five-lug vehicle. I have a six-lug vehicle. And, of course, I'm standing there for a minute, and I'm trying to, like, you know, it, it kind of hasn't dawned on me yet what's wrong with this picture. And I'm going, boy, I think this is the wrong rotor. I don't, I don't think it's big enough. Something's not right here. And, I'm, you know, three times I'm changing the clock position. I go, wait a minute, dummy. You only got five lugs. This is a six-lug, you know. So, of course, your mind says, gee, I'll just drill a hole. No, I don't think so. Let's just let's let's regroup. So I go over to the other box, you know, two for the front, and I take it out. Sure enough, it's a five-lug rotor. So I'm saying, well, something's wrong here. So I'm not really quite sure how it happened, but we went back to our supply house and we ran the VIN, and, you know, it turns out it was the right part number. I got the two misboxed five-lug rotors. At least I got them together, all right? Uh, you know, so at least there was no inconsistency. You know, when I look at the boxes, they they looked like they were sealed there. I didn't see anything that told me they were wrong. It's not like somebody had monkeyed with them. But you get this. This is what happens in auto repair. Danny was working on a 2011 Camry on Thursday. Had to do four-wheel brakes, front calipers. And the part number from Delco ended in, it was a 50 and a 51, one being the left side, one being the right side. So we put them on, took the car around the block, and the right front wheel smoking like a banshee. All right, the brand-new caliper was just no good. It was garbage. It just had a problem. It, you know, And we see this is what happens, You know, even with name-brand stuff. New means never, ever worked. I don't care what it is. So we order another one. It shows up. I think it was a 51. Turns out that we had a left front and a right front box. Okay, well, you know, let's just put that over on the side. And uh, we'll just, you know, we'll we'll just not, we'll deal with that later. So we, we get another one, and we we put it on and take the car around the block, and all seems well. The next morning, we're going to deliver the car, and one last lap around the block. You always want to drive things as much as you can, because you're never quite sure, you know. It, it's, you know, you have the greatest confidence in your ability. Parts today, yeah, not so much. So we take it around the block one last time, and the pedal just didn't feel right. The left front caliper had popped a leak at the caliper uh, dust seal. Well, remember that caliper from the day before that we got that was for the right side, but it was really a left side caliper? We took that out of the box. There's nothing wrong with it. It was just boxed wrong. And we put that on the left front, bled it out, pumped the brake up, took it for a long road test. Sure enough, the car was fixed and done. And when Danny and I looked at each other, like, what are the odds that you're going to have the problem the next day with the wrong part being in the other box, and you can now go to the solar eclipse solar eclipse week leading up to at the show, uh, at the shop this week? Um, which, by the way, speaking of the solar eclipse, just real quick as a commentary, you know, they're telling everybody not to look at the solar eclipse and to have the have the glasses, you know, the right glasses, so you don't hurt your eyes and all that. I had to pick up Tony at the train station today. We had to go to Secaucus, which if you know the area, it's probably 45 minutes from uh, where we are, where Home Base Studios are. And we were we were driving through the city of Patterson, New Jersey, home of Lou Costello, right? And there's a sign up, hand-painted with spray paint on a piece of plywood, solar eclipse glasses with an arrow going this way, $2. Now, I want to know, I don't know, are we that stupid? 
that, A, we're going to trust $2 solar eclipse glasses from somebody who spray-painted the sign when every news media agency in the world is screaming, hey, be careful not to look at the solar eclipse and be sure you got good glasses so you don't hurt your eyes. And we let these people drive cars. And, and, and that's, that's part of the issue. You know, I heard it a couple of times this week about I don't want to spend any money. I'm going to go buy a new car. Somebody threw away a car this week because it needed $1,200 worth of repairs, but instead they went out and spent $42,000 on a brand new car within two days. They, this was on Monday, and they were in the shop by Wednesday just to show us the new car, a $42,000 Lincoln, uh, because they didn't want to spend $1,200 to repair a six-year-old car. I Yes, Tom, you had a comment? I just wanted to uh, say, psst, hey, need a pair of uh, Eclipse glasses? I'll give them to you for a buck seventy-five. Well, yeah, opp- opportunists. Um, but it's it, it's 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 really it's really the truth in terms of common sense, and I can you can almost see the rhythm of the country and the energy of the day by how people are when when there's I don't know. I won't say nocturnal events, but, you know, phenomena, eclipses, full moons, high tides, low tides, bad weather. It affects all of us. It affects us not just in our judgments and and the way we drive. Most people drive like they're nuts anyway. But, you know, when it comes to repairing cars, just strange things happen in repair shops that are just so hard to to fathom and 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 predict. You just can't. It's you got to be there. And, and that's just an example of what went on this week in the shop. I always think back to the ultimate full moon solar eclipse wacky occurrence in the repair shop. Uh, this has got to be 20, 25 years ago, and I've told this story from time to time, in that we were doing a cylinder head on a straight six-cylinder Chevy. And, you know, you looked at things, but 25 years ago you didn't have the parts issues like you did today, but you were still looking, is everything right, and bolted the cylinder head on the car, and we had to put plugs in it, and... You know, took the they had put these little plastic retainers into the spark plug holes, and we took the plastic retainers out to, and went to screw the plugs in. The plug won't screw in, and I'm looking at and plug won't screw in, and I'm thinking, gee, what am I missing here? Am I uncoordinated here? And um, look at the thread of the plug, and it looks okay. Look at the thread of the spark plug of the of the hole in the head, and it's a straight hole. It's a straight shot. They never threaded the they never threaded the spark plug hole when they assembled the head. It was a brand new head out of GM. 20, 25 years ago, take the head back off, had to put another head on. You know, thank God it was an, it was a Chevy straight six. It, it, it wasn't complicated like it was today, right? So about four months later, doing a, doing a tune-up on a straight six Chevy in order to set of spark plugs, opened up the box that they came in, and there was six spark plugs with no threads on them. I go, look, there's the spark plugs for the cylinder head that we did four months ago that we no longer have here. It was just, it was the most bizarre thing. I'll never forget that as long as I'm here on this planet fixing cars and, and not fixing cars. So, But um, in any event, coming up this hour, we're uh, going to be giving away a Wix diecast car from the folks over at Wix. More information at WixFilters.com. Be nice to Motorhead Matt when you call in, and uh, you can talk to him. We're going to be giving away. It is a it is the uh, traditional diecast um, vehicle of a, um, a 39 Ford. I believe it's a 39 Ford, isn't it? It's the 39 Ford, isn't it? Let me look at my copy. Yes, sir. It's the only customized 118th scale 39 Ford coupe hot rod on the market. It's a replica of one of the most recognized American cars. By the way, great series on History Channel, if anybody wants to catch it, about the making of the American car companies. I never knew that 
the Dodge brothers started out working for Henry Ford. They were the original engineers. Walter P. Chrysler was the chief engineer for General Motors back in the late 19 in the early 1900s. And when the Dodge brothers passed from influenza, they were killed by the influenza epidemic in 1920. Walter P. Chrysler bought Dodge. I think the number at the time was $180 million in 1920. It was some ridiculous number, which is equivalent to a little over a billion dollars today. i got to go back and look at the clip. It was phenomenal to see. But um, basically, Chrysler, Dodge, Ford, GM, they all worked for one another, and they all kind of jockeying for position, much like technology companies are today, and autonomous cars and that whole thing. So never think anything's impossible. Look what became from uh, some simple efforts so many years ago, just 100 years ago. But anyway, um, 855-560-9900. Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor to take your calls. We're coming back right after this. Hey, welcome back. Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. By the way, next hour, uh, we're going to be tuning in with Paul Eisenstein from the Detroit Bureau, thedetroitbureau.com. Paul's going to be stopping by to talk to us about leasing. We've had some leasing comments on the Facebook page. Uh, people want to know about high mileage leasing and things like that, as well as some of the other trends. Paul Eisenstein is never at a loss for words, and it should be a great a great segment. So we're, we're looking forward to that conversation. And one last thought and one last commentary, too, about Facebook. Uh, if you get out to the Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor Facebook page, if you're hanging out out there, posted a video yesterday that talked about um, a problem battery on a 2014 Ford. What's interesting to note is, and it came to us courtesy of the guys over at Under the Hood, Russ Evans and that gang, um, and we salute them for their, their, their display of that because we think they did a really great job of it. But what's interesting is, as Russ points out, that corrosion on the battery terminals are the result of a leaky terminal post, which I agree with, all right? I don't think I've ever seen it where it's not, unless the case itself is physically leaking. Someone on Facebook said, well, we should just put a you know a penny on it. The copper will help keep the corrosion down. That's not the point. You know, we're not here to Rube Goldberg, Mickey Mouse, a car to keep it on the road, because there's there's going to be a safety factor. If we, if we Mickey Mouse one part of the car, we're going to Mickey Mouse the other part of the car, and we're going to Mickey Mouse the next part of the car. And before you know it, we're holding the wheels on with spit and bailing wire, and then we've got a serious safety issue, obviously. Hey, I might be parked. I might be driving next to you, and that, that scares me. All right? If you've got leaky battery terminals, all right, or corroded battery terminals, chances are you've got leaky posts. And if you've got leaky posts, it's time for a new battery. You can clean them, but they're only going to get worse in time. And there's nothing worse than being stuck with a dead battery when you least expect it. All right? And as, as is pointed out in the video, again, correct, power frame grid technology, all right, is the better design of a battery, and it will help in preventing leaky posts and battery failure such as that. That's part of what power frame grid technology does. It's the design of the internal grid of the battery to help the battery last longer and be stronger with less physical problems as well as a longer-lasting battery. So just stop and consider that. No Mickey Mouse stuff. We don't want to Rube Goldberg batteries. Definitely, we don't, Rube, we don't want to Rube Goldberg anything on an automobile. So just, just be aware of that. If you want more information about it, get out to powerframe.com out on the web. 
Let's go over to my favorite long-distance listener. Well, one of my favorite long-distance listeners. Actually, they're all long-distance, so what difference does it make? But um, I'll make them feel good today. Walter from Hawaii. Walter, how the heck are you today? I'm good, Ron. Uh, Have you got that new Lamborghini I dropped off at the shop yesterday? No, I missed it. Can you send me another one? No, I I just want you to go ahead and let your insurance company know so they'll send me a new one. Is is, is that well? They'd send it to me, wouldn't they? Won't because then I would have to accept the gift from you. Um, but it's mine. Did, did you get a, I, I'm crazier than a loon, but I would like. Did you did you get a okay, did you get a did you get a signature here. on it? I want to see the signature. Yeah, it, it says Ron Armenian, but no. it looks very similar to my writing. Close, I could understand that. What's going on in yeah. Hawaii today, Walt? How's the weather? Uh, Actually, it's raining, so it should make you feel a little bit better. I think well, you know, I actually do. Weather report I've ever given you. We have we have sunshine and seventy three degrees here at corporate headquarters, and uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a nice afternoon. Move, but I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, things are going our way. So, uh, what did you break this week? What kind of car? Two thousand three Pontiac Grand Am three point four liter. It's my daughter's car. The it was running rough and losing coolant. Uh, I took the oil cap off. It looks like mayonnaise on the oil cap. Pulled the dipstick. Dipstick looks milky. I did a, a compression test and a leak down test. Do you have those numbers there no. in front of you? No, go ahead. Okay, I'll be brief then. Uh, on the uh, compression test, everything was about 180 to 195, except for number six. It was at 210. And then on the leak down test, everything was between 20 and 30% loss, except number six. It was at 55 and percent loss and then i did a direct pressure with the 60 psi from the uh compressor and i could hear a slight hiss at almost all the cylinders but with a stethoscope on the uh dipstick tube so i just figured that's probably just the rings are a little worn out but uh now but anyway the and then when i drained the oil out of the uh the first three quarts or so was pure water oof I'll tell you what, Walter, sit tight. When we come back, we'll talk about this a little bit more. I'm Ron Anini in The Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. Coming back right after this. Car Doctor, thanks for tuning in. We're here at 855-560-9900. By the way, podcasting. Um, podcasting is going to take a change. We're um, currently at cardoctorshow.com. We're podcasting there. We're going to be podcasting there for the immediate future. But um, we're going to be making some upgrades to podcasting coming out probably within the next two weeks. So uh, we hope you like the changes, and um, we hope you like the way we uh, make it easier for you. You'll still go to cardoctorshow.com to get it. But um, we're going to consolidate, make everything available from one source, and we'll leave it at that. Let's get back to Walter in Hawaii. Walter, you're still there. Where else would you go? I wouldn't go anywhere. There you go. And we're talking about your daughter's 3.4-liter Pontiac Grand Dam. So the compression test doesn't bother me. I have one question regarding the cylinder leak-down test. Obviously, you brought the motor around to top dead center for each pass, correct? Yes. So the, I used a balloon uh, method and then a screwdriver. Okay. Because I was going to ask, how did you know when you were at top? And, you know, at, at what point, you know, did it did it fight you? Um, you know, I'd be curious to know. And I think there's a problem on six, but I'd be curious. One of the ways I'll do it on a motor, if I think I'm closer and I'm not really sure, is I'll, I'll have a breaker bar on the front and 
you know, I'll bring it around to where I think top is, put air on, and, and theoretically the air should push down on the piston. I should feel a tug, uh, you know, if I'm if I'm close, unless I'm really right at top dead where it's not canted one way or the other. So we'll, we'll go on the assumption that you were at top and both valves were closed. Yeah, I, I redid it several times just to make okay. sure it was at top because I was concerned about that. And I'm, you know, 97.6% sure that right. they were – Top, top dead center. Because, first of all, a 20 to 30% leak on the other five cylinders is a problem. All right? Uh, a, 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 a cylinder leak down test should leak no more than 10%. And on, on a good motor, you'll see typically 4 to 6%. So 20% is a lot. If it's coming out through the dipstick and you want to attribute it to rings, okay. You know, maybe we could have a conversation about varnished rings and freeing them up with some solvents or additives or some other chemical if we wanted to try that. But you've got a bigger problem in the cylinder number six that had a 55% loss. Now, when you leak number six, is that 55% loss? Are you hearing that out the dipstick tube only? You should be feeling that. You should be feeling air pushing out the tube. Yeah, the dipstick only, uh, not not from anywhere else. Okay, I mean, if you take and off, not from the adjacent cylinder either. All right, either. If, if if you take off the if you take off the oil fill cap, I'm sure you'll feel it or hear it there as well. Correct? Yes, All that's right. true. So you know what's going on in six? Uh, you know that's a heck of that's a heck of a loss. All right, do we have a stuck ring, etc.? But that still doesn't explain where coolant's coming from when you said water in the oil pan are you talking water or coolant was it just was it clear water slightly discolored from being in the engine or is it coolant is it green or orange or whatever coolant this takes well i I, she has been adding coolant been adding water to it over a period of time which i didn't know about and it was it was coolant water mix mostly water though okay so i want to focus on that because I'm questioning whether or not you've really got a coolant loss as a result of your cylinder readings or you've got a coolant loss as a result of a problem with the intake manifold gasket. Okay, and which it seems to be common on these, yeah. according to what the research I did. This is this is the three four. This is the one where the intake manifold, for lack of a better way to say it, about a third of the manifold is part of the head, so to speak. It's integral. To the head, correct. This has the, um, the 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 big flat aluminum pancake top, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah. yeah um, exactly. So I would I would lean more towards that. Okay. Uh, you know, do you have an issue somewhere else regarding cylinder compression? Yeah, I would think so. Uh, you know, and the one thing I would tell you to do is you're putting sixty pounds of air in. Yes. Do one hundred and fifty. Run straight shop air. Compression. I can only get up to about 130 on my. Uh, All right, do 130. <laughs> do 130. Okay. All right. Okay, then at top dead center. At top dead center, both valves closed okay. at top dead center, and see what it does, and pay attention to six. You know, sometimes you don't have enough load on the piston that maybe you don't have things popped out, so to speak, where they should be, and it doesn't give a great reading. We try to do everything based on, you know, 100 psi or more. So okay, I was a little afraid to go that high on it, but uh, do it all the time. Well, let me let me ask you this: If your cranking compression is 150 psi, and you put 150 okay. psi in it, what's the difference? Yeah, pressure makes sense. Pressure's pressure, right? 
Yeah. So now that's not to say that, you know, constant duress, you don't hurt something. But I've, I've never seen it happen, Walter. OK, I've, I've as, as a practical modicum, the worst that's going to happen is it's going to it's going to bring out whatever the weak spot is in this engine. And that's what you're trying to find the fix in the first place anyway. OK, and wh- how will I be able to determine that from putting the hundred and thirty? Well, you're going to put one hundred and fifty in. And same thing you're doing. Is it out the dipstick? Is it out the valve cover? Is it out the tailpipe? If you take the radiator cap off, do you see any air bubbles in the coolant? Okay. All right. And none of that was the case except the dipstick at 60 PSI. Right. So you know what? Try it in stages. Bring it up to 100. Does it make a difference? Bring it up to 120. Does it make a difference? If the results are still the same, that tells me you've got a ring problem on that cylinder, provided you're a top dead center. All right. Okay. That's that's number that's that's number one thought. Number two yeah, that thought probably won't be fixed for her because she only she's trying to get the car to last her another year so she can finish school. Well, everybody's trying to get their car to last another year until the next year. Then, <laughs> then it's another year. It's you know my shop is yeah. filled. My shop is filled with the the, the one year car. Um, oh, my fact, gra- my we, garage is. We've we've got a lot of these one year cars that I mean ten twelve years we're working on that one year. You know it's <laughs> it's just the way it goes. Um, okay. You know, the other thing uh, you could try is. I brought is, up a cliche. <laughs> yeah, well, hey Walter, have you have you tried pressurizing the cooling system? Uh, no. Okay, so if you've got a cooling system pressure tester and you can get an adapter on this bottle, pressurize the cooling system, bring it up to fifteen psi, let it sit overnight. Will it hold pressure? And if you've got all six plugs out in the morning. Before you crank it over, if, you, if you've got a bore scope or a way to look in the cylinder, bring the piston up around slow. Is there any coolant on top of a uh, on top of a piston in any one particular cylinder? And, and it, that would indicate the, that would indicate a head gasket. Head gasket it? or a crack in the head or you know a, yeah. a, a failure of the block. All right, you know on a on on a rare real on a real rare case, it can also indicate. Uh, although I've never, I've only seen it once where one of the intake manifold gaskets failed and the coolant migrated across the face and got into the intake port and down into the cylinder. Doesn't mm-hmm. happen a lot, but I have seen it. All right. So, you know, okay, just... Okay, so, so my next step is to run through the, the 100 to 130-pound yeah. direct pressure. Let's see what you can break. And isolate whatever I can find leaking. Right. Does it change? If it doesn't change, let's move on to the next thing because that, you know, I don't see any practical way... Or I can't come up with a, a, a physical explanation of how coolant is coming into an engine or going through an engine, ending up in the oil pan, if you know it's only leaking past the rings. If it's a head gasket issue, if if we're seeing air bubbles in the cooling system, if we're seeing you know noise out a tailpipe, maybe out. Yeah, but now we're reaching. We're really yeah. reaching. So and neither of those are the case. Right. Okay, one so, last thing, real quick, Ryan. Go ahead. Yeah, you got time? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you know, as a matter I, of fact, I I'll tell you, what, I'll tell you what, Walter. Wait a minute. I'll tell you what. Let me pull over and take the pause. Um, I actually, I, I'm on the. Yeah, give me three minutes, Walter. I'll be right back to you. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Ron and Andy, the car doctor. Don't go away. Welcome back to the Walt from Hawaii show. I'm Ron Anian, co-host today. Walt, how are you? I didn't want to let go with just one segment. We thought we'd keep you around for the whole two hours. Um, you're still there, sir? I am here. Okay. Um, you're my new co-host, Walter. What do you think? 
Uh, well, it sounds good to me. Uh, I'm retired, so uh, I got the time. You got the time. What the heck? Um, all right, I'll be um, I'll be out. Listen, you send me the plane ticket from Corporate Funds, and I'll be out to uh, discuss the issue with you. I'll be bringing the whole crew with me. Um, so, what's your okay. last, what's will, your last question? Will you bring my Lamborghini? I'll bring your Lamborghini. Absolutely. Okay, good. So, we have a deal then. Okay, um, I'll bring the Lamborghini. What's uh, what's your last my question? Deal is about seven eight hundred dollars. Yours is. No, five hundred thousand. I didn't say it was a real one. You just said I'll bring my oh, Lamborghini. Okay. <laughs> I got a, I got a, I got a hobby shop around the corner from us here. We can just one uh, eighteenth scale. You'll be fine. Yeah, I, I have a Cobra like that also. So, but um, anyway, anyway, last question. Quick, quick, quickly, where we stand right now is it's with the information we have. It is most likely the intake manifold. Yes, with just the information we have at the moment. Yes, absolutely. Okay, now. I, I changed the oil, you know, and put new oil and new filter in it and, you know, cleaned the PVC valve and all that sort of stuff and started it up. And it, it ran really, runs, ran good for, oh, 10, 10, 15 minutes. And then it started idling really bad and it shut off. I restarted it and now it's got a banging, not not like a rod knock, but it's like something's hitting something. And it's it doesn't increase with the RPM. It doesn't it just is. It's more like a a thunk, like when your washing machine is out of balance. Is the um, is, kinda, is the crankcase showing it's overfull with coolant or water or oil again? No, this is after I've changed it. And right, got but it have you back. have you looked at it since the loud noise started? Yes, it has more water in it. It has more water in it. So whatever you've got going on might have had your static locked the cylinder and did engine damage. Yeah, not, not the bearer of such good news. So thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, that's okay. You, you you can give her the Lamborghini and let her drive that when okay. we bring it out. Um, so okay. listen, Walt, I got to go. As always, sir, it's okay. a great it's a great pleasure. We always enjoy talking to you. Um, but um, yeah, you've got you got a couple of steps to go through there, and uh, maybe it's time to uh, you know loud loud knocking noises like that. It doesn't take much to bend a connecting rod. I'm thinking maybe you do have that rare occurrence of an intake manifold leak. Um, down into a cylinder, creating an issue. So um, good luck to you and yours, Walter, and uh, let me know what goes on. I'm sure you will. Let's get out to Bob, Phillipsburg, New Jersey, return from last week. Mr. Bob, what did you decide? Hey, Ron. What kind of suspension you, you, decide you decide to know, put on the Audi? Yes, sir. We've been doing this for almost 20 years. Yeah, you're making me feel older, Robert. Um, <laughs> well. Anyway, uh, update on the Audi, uh, the 2008 A3 uh, 3.2 VR6 Quattro. Right. Uh, you said mentioned we were talking about suspension stuff, and uh, I took it one step further and went to Audi, and I had to order the parts by VIN number because in 2008 there was a mid-year change. Right. And uh, I went for springs, shocks, and struts, and all the stuff that goes with it, so I'm sure we'll be in pretty good shape. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Um, and the thing is, is this is, is the research you got to do for parts, and if you deal with the qualified uh, people, you'll get the correct stuff. Right. Well, and that's, you know, you know, Bob, it's, it's amazing. It's just, it's not that easy to just pick up the phone and deal with anybody today. Uh, you, you know, there's a lot of... There's a lot of malcontents and misfits out there that do things. Here, I'll tell you a story real quick where one of the local parts houses purchased a bunch of AC Delco batteries. I'm not exactly sure where they came from. I won't say it was black market, but I don't think it was the legit straight stuff because they're kind of like last year's part numbers. Yeah. And, you know, you can tell by looking at them that they're not real fresh units. And it, 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 my point becomes that everybody sees, they'll see AC Delco and go, okay, that's a great battery, so on and so forth. I'll take it at a great price. But it's not. 
It's, they're buying right. leftover stock. They're buying leftover inventory because the parts house is sort of unscrupulous. It's very hard to find honesty in the world today in all places, and auto repair is still suffering from that. Just like we see issues around us, um, mm-hmm. auto repair is no different. So, yeah. hey, uh, Robert, tell you what, hang on one second. I know you had a second part to your question. Let me pull over and take this pause, and we'll be right back to you. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor coming back right after this. <laughs> Welcome back. Ron and Andy, the car doctor, 855-560-9900. Let's get right to it. Let's go back to Bob, Phillipsburg, New Jersey. Robert, i got about two minutes, sir. You had another okay. question. Pico, do you use Pico for a lap scope in your shop? No, I do not. I use Bernie Thompson's ATS, and I use my little Snap-on Modus, and I still use my OTC Perception. Um, I have looked at the Pico. Um, I didn't see the need for it. And I actually started with Bernie's tools a long time ago, and I like what he does because my scan tool and my scope, or one of my scan tools and one of my scopes come together, and they work very nicely. So why do you ask? Well, I would like to get a lab scope, but a standalone lab scope. And I thought maybe Pico would be the way to go. Uh, Pico's a great scope. It's not for beginners. It's you know probably one of the more advanced. It's a great scope, absolutely a great scope. Um, do you have any scope time, Bob? I don't think we've ever had this conversation. Yeah, I've had some. Okay. If you've had some, um, let me put it to you this way. You can never have enough scopes. All right? It's sort of like having, you know, screwdrivers and wrenches. You can never have enough lab scopes. You know, I've got three or four. I forget. Uh, you know, my perception's the simplest. It's down into actually five. I got the little one in the drawer. I have a little um, U-scope. Um, you know, if you want to buy a little scope just to play around with it, to get to try something, Go out to aeswave.com. Okay. aeswave.com. Take a look at the little U-scope. It's a okay. pocket scope. I, I, it's probably like two inches by two inches. It's, uh-huh. got a, it's got a nice color screen. It's a little bit to get used to, but it's accurate. Um, uh-huh. You know, it's a, it's a good little scope. All right? Yeah. You know, it's, if you want something, you can carry it in the car. It's not big. It's not bulky. It's cheap. All right? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a decent little scope. I think you'd probably be happier starting with that, or if you can go out on eBay, find yourself an OTC Perception if they're still making them. Uh, if somebody okay. has them, because uh, gee, I'm still using my Perception 15, almost 18 years later. It's still my favorite scope. Uh, it's so quick and easy, down and dirty. Pico's a good scope. I know guys that have them. They're married to it. You know, it's eight to nine months of intensive training, doing all the time. I mean, that's their job. It's full time. It's, and that's okay. You know, for a weekend warrior, Robert, and I hope I'm not offending you, but for a weekend warrior, I think it's more than you're going to bite off more than you need. I really do. All right, sir. All right. Okay. So, okay. Just food for I'll thought. Send me I'll some pictures. Of, send me some pictures of the Audi. I want to see how the suspension looks when you get it done up in the air. Uh, I'm kind of curious to see what this all looks like. And um, best wishes and uh, good health, Bob. Always good to talk to you. Um, always remember, when it comes to buying tools, you don't want to buy too much and you don't want to buy too little. And sometimes you got to have more than one. Uh, you know, it's um, it's just part of the process. I've got four. See, I forgot I have five lab scopes. Always looking for the sixth. Where will it come from? Hey, looking up at the clock, I can see it's time to go. 855-560-990 is the phone number. See you next time. Good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. Everyone!